Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome, friend. I am sitting at my desk this morning with a few Bible study notes in front of me and a cup of hot tea. My friend Maria knows that I love hot tea, and for my birthday last year, she got me this tea that is lemon coconut vanilla something. It's just like dessert in a cup. It's just wonderful. And I'm excited to do a little Bible study with you today. And I hope that this finds you in a good place today. And this is a time of just digging into the word. And if for some reason this finds you in a moment of struggle or overwhelm, I know what that is. And I'm hoping that this Bible study today can just provide you exactly the encouragement and the word from the Lord that you need in order to take your next step forward. We are going to take it in today with 2 Corinthians 4.8 using my step-by-step Bible study method. You will, as always, find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more about the method. And we are going to, as I said, be in 2 Corinthians 4.8. I'm going to read it in the NIV. It says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. A little bit of a book overview of 2 Corinthians. This is from the Passion Translation, and you can find, as always, all the resources I used to put an episode together in the show notes. But the Passion Translation says about 2 Corinthians, the church had received Paul's rebuke in his prior letters, and now they were tender, open, and ready to receive all that their spiritual father had to impart. So 1 Corinthians In 1 Corinthians, Paul had received information from different sources concerning various factions in the church. We see that right off the bat in 1 Corinthians 1.1. In 2 Corinthians, there seems to be a gratitude for some relief from that crisis. This is the second letter from Paul to the church in Corinth, urging the church to stand with him in ministry, to live in holiness, and to give generously. Today, we're in chapter four. There are 18 verses in chapter four, and we are in this section about a treasure in clay pots and the suffering in Paul's ministry and how it brought forth life. So one more time, our verse is 2 Corinthians 4, 8. It says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. Step one in the Bible study method is to choose our word, and our word today is crushed. Crushed as a verb is a simple past tense of crush, and crush means to press between two hard objects or to squeeze so as to alter the natural shape or integrity of an object or to force together in a mass. I thought that's interesting, the natural shape or integrity of it. It means like 
to me, I think of how whatever is pressing us is changing us into something that we're not meant to be. Because I will tell you, when I'm under stress or when I'm feeling pressed, I am not the best version of myself. Anybody? (laughs) Um, It means also, continuing in the definition, to reduce to fine particles by pounding or grinding, to overwhelm by pressure or weight, to oppress or grievously burden, to overcome completely, to subdue totally. It just means this like holding down, right? This squeezing, this confinement. Um, Crushed, if you use it as an adjective, means pulverized. That does not sound good in our day. Rendered into small, disconnected fragments, broken, saddened, depressed. When you think about this breaking into small, disconnected fragments, I think of something like shattered that can't be put back together. And sometimes over time, our life pressures, our life pressing can change us change the integrity of us in a way that really kind of pulverizes who God has designed us to be. Now, in the hope that is Jesus Christ, everything can be restored. Amen. But it feels like for sure, and we can live like who we were supposed to be is crushed, is pulverized, is fragmented in such a way that we can't even see Um, who it was that we were supposed to be, who it is we're supposed to be. And we certainly can't figure out any way to put those pieces back together. However, some of the opposites of crushed, and this is really good news because these are things that God's redemption does bring in our lives, are things like victorious, winning, dominant, conquering, successful, triumphal, undefeated, and triumphant. Those are the things that we can be when we allow the spirit of God into our crushing circumstances, right? Step two is investigate. We divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare our word in other translations. And I found a bunch of them. I'm just going to kind of run through them. And remember, Paul is talking about how we are hard pressed, but we're not crushed. And so we are under pressure, but we, we are not these things. We are not distressed. We are not cramped, restrained, defeated, not frustrated, not broken, not demoralized. The message used the word demoralized. That one made me pause and kind of stand up and think about that. Constrained, beaten down, anguished. And I think about my tendency to play small, which the Lord continues to help me understand why I do that, to recognize where I'm doing it and to make a different decision. But this is saying we are under pressure, but we're not playing small. We are under pressure, but we're not shrinking back. We are under pressure, but it's not, it's not the fine. It doesn't have the final say. That's what I keep. It's just, it feels so hopeful to me that we do experience the pressure of the world. We do experience the stresses of the world, but we are not defeated by them, right? So much hope in that. So part two in the investigate step is to research the original word. The Strong's number is G4729. Stenokareo, stenokareo, I believe is how you say that. And it means to him in closely, to cramp, distress, or straighten. It's from another word that means narrowness of room, calamity, anguish, or distress. And that's from a compound word, the first one, which means narrow, and the second one, which means a space of territory. So it's this idea, right? And remember, we're not these things. Paul says we're pressed, but not crushed. 
we are not hemmed in too closely. We are not cramped. We are not straightened. And by that, that means like trying to fit into a place that we don't actually fit in. There's not a narrowness of room. This is not a calamity. We're not in anguish. We're not in distress. Our space doesn't become too small for us. I think about like a a boa constrictor or something that like wraps itself around us until we can't breathe. Sometimes our day feels like that. Does it not? Where it's just this wrapping and tightening until we just don't have room to move. And Paul is saying, actually, the circumstances are going to try to do that to us. But because we have a living hope inside us, right? Because we have an understanding of the power that is within us in the name and through the blood of Jesus Christ, we don't have to feel that way. We don't have to feel tightened and out of breathing room the way that we do when the world tries to wrap itself around us that way. The Theological Dictionary of the New Testament had an interesting note, and this is kind of me paraphrasing it a bit. It says, if trouble and affliction are put first, they are best taken as a comprehensive anticipation of the expressions which follow. What follows is patience. And that is to be regarded as the master concept. Okay, so I take that to mean that the troubles and the pressure can press and crush us, right? Like the boa constrictor that just is relentless. Or the troubles and pressures can develop more patience with or trust in the faithfulness of God. Because as tight as that thing wants to wrap around us and as hard as it wants to squeeze us, it cannot be stronger than, it cannot be more relentless than the presence and provision of the Almighty God. Part three in the investigate step is to read a little bit of commentary. I found so many good things. I'm going to share with you a couple of them. The Enduring Word commentary said this, Paul's life was hard And it was hard because of his passionate devotion to Jesus Christ and his gospel. Yet look at the triumph of Jesus in Paul's life, not crushed, not in despair, not forsaken, not destroyed. Paul knew the power and victory of Jesus in his life because he was continually in situations where, here we go, only the power and victory of Jesus could meet his need. Paul's not saying it's not hard. He's actually saying it is very hard. We are pressed. What does he say? We are not just a little pressed. We are pressed from all sides. Hard pressed on every side. That snake is wanting to wrap around us tightly. And yet it has no power or strength to crush us. Why? Because the power and the victory of Jesus can meet and overmeet every need I have. That's a good word today. The Bible Knowledge Commentary says in his earlier letter, Paul had compared himself and his fellow apostles to men condemned to die in the arena. That's in 1 Corinthians 4.9. The metaphors employed here evoked the same imagery to describe the demands of the ministry, contrasting human helplessness on one hand with divine enablement on the other. And part of the reason we feel like we can't get from out from underneath the pressing is because we're trying to figure out how we out from underneath the pressing, right? Like I don't have the strength to remove this obstacle. I don't have the ability or the smarts to get out of this confined space. And what we need to remember 
when we're in a situation of feeling pressure and crushing and just that overwhelm, the situation's too much, whatever that is for you. I know you know what that is for you, right? Whenever we're in that situation, instead of asking ourselves, how do we get out of this? How do I figure this out? The right question to ask is, where is God demonstrating his power in this? Where is he giving me a place to run to? Where is he asking me to cling to him for joy and rest and renewal? How can I do whatever it is he's called me to do, right? Because God has called Paul to this work. And this work that God has called Paul to has immense challenges. That's the reality. Paul, because he wants to be obedient to God, is facing hard things. But God also is telling Paul, and Paul knows this to be true about his God, that is, I don't call you to something and then leave you there. I don't call you to something and then leave you to be destroyed or pressed or crushed. I am in that with you. And you can trust my faithfulness even on the days that it feels like too much. The Faith Life Study Bible says certain opponents in Corinth may have assumed that Paul's sufferings delegitimized his apostleship as they regarded suffering as a sign of weakness. Paul reminds the believers that his sufferings brought about the spread of the gospel by displaying God's power. This is a hard question to ask ourselves when we're in the midst of something difficult. And I know it's a hard question, but can we ask the question, where does my suffering And my decision around my response to my suffering, put God on display, put God's glory on display, put God's faithfulness on display, put God's provision and protection on display. Where does it do that? Where does it look like I should be crushed because it's really hard, but I'm not, I'm not crushed, not because of me, but because of God. Richard L. Pratt Jr. says, the first pair of terms flows from the metaphor of the jars of clay. The image is of earthenware vessels that do not break, even when placed under great strain. While Paul and other ministers of the gospel endured many afflictions, as did frail earthenware, those jars of clay, they were not crushed. They were not overcome by these afflictions because they had the treasure of the gospel of Christ. That's the key. That's the way that something fragile, like earthenware, like clay pots, like us, right? Because we are on our own quite fragile, much to our dismay, but we are on our own quite fragile. But we are not fragile, even though it seems like we maybe should be, but we are not fragile when we have inside us the good news of Jesus Christ. Part four in the investigate step is to rewrite the verse in our own words. And I'm going to read it again from the NIV. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. And I rewrote the verse this way. I put, I experience great difficulties that sometimes feel like they are coming at me from every angle, but I am not now, nor will ever be cramped into a space that doesn't allow me to breathe. He will always free me from any grip that threatens to crowd me into a space I don't fit. Step three in the method is to find the characteristics of God. I wrote down that God is pure, that trouble and affliction feel messy and confusing, but God creates calm and space so I can connect with his peace. He has no ulterior motive. He isn't a God of chaos. 
And I also wrote that he is present help in trouble, that I can call to him whenever I feel spiritually cramped and, quote, short of breath, right? I do these breathing exercises sometimes when I can feel my anxiety rise. And I actually have started doing this little thing that's really helpful. And I just hold my hand out in front of me, like, and spread my fingers out. And I run my finger my of my other hand, like up my thumb and breathe in and then down my thumb and bring out. I run it up my first finger and breathe in. And I run it down that first finger and breathe out. Up the middle finger, breathe in. Down the middle finger, breathe out. And then up and down. And I just complete my hand that way, right? I'm just running my finger over the fingers in my other hand, breathing in, breathing out. Sometimes I'll go back over it. Sometimes I'll do it two or three times. Sometimes I'll say a scripture verse, you know, after I do it a couple of times. And it's just this little exercise that helps me center myself. I do that sometimes when I get an email that I don't want to get, or I have to make a decision I don't want to make. And I can feel myself rushing because it feels like I'm out of space. Anybody picking that up right now? Like it feels like this decision or this problem, or this thing that came at me is like, all of a sudden, all the oxygen has left the room and I feel very tight and confined and cramped. And as I do that little exercise, it just reminds me to breathe in. It feels like I expand that space again, and it connects me to the provision of God. Because so often the reason that I'm anxious or feeling that crushing is because I think whatever's in front of me needs an immediate answer, right? I heard somebody say one time that stress is feeling like something needs an immediate answer or response. And so much of the time, it does not. We have time to breathe. We have time to connect to God and expand that space again and give us more room to think about our next step. So I just love that about God, that he is a present help in trouble. And In the study sheet in the show notes is where I find those prompts of some of the characteristics of God. And I just go through those and I look at those prompts on the study sheet and think, what are the things about God that's standing out to me the most as I study today? Step four in the method is to identify the lie of the enemy. This did not take me any time at all to come up with. I wrote down, this is too much for you. This will take you down. And the way that I fight that lie It's like I was just saying, like with a breathing exercise, it's connecting to God. What can you find in those moments where you feel crushed, where you're feeling like this is going to take me down? This is too much for me. The enemy is saying, you're not enough to deal with this. And I know exactly that voice. I know what that feels like and sounds like in my mind. What do we do in those moments to reconnect to the character of God, to remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God? How do we combat that? We use this same verse that says, right, Paul says that we are hard-pressed. He acknowledges that, but he also says we're not crushed. He says we are perplexed. This is confusing. I don't understand this. I don't get this, but we are not in despair, right? This is the truth. Step five in the method is simply called so what, where we jot down a key takeaway that we want to hold on to from our time of study. And I wrote down this. Even when trouble is swirling around and feels too much, I can step away from the trouble, lock eyes with Jesus, and feel him taking care of me. 
Brenda, I'd love to hear your takeaway. You can email me anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second. It helps the show a great deal. And it ensures that you'll see every episode as soon as they drop. And if someone came to mind as you were listening today, maybe you have a friend that's really feeling pressed and crushed right now. I'd love if you would share this episode with them. Inviting them into what we're doing here is another great way to support the show. I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday when I'll be visiting with Sarah Klein. Sarah sat down with me to talk about parenting a special needs child and how God continues to meet her and grow her faith as she depends on him to help her walk through that challenge. Her testimony will be our live it out on 2 Corinthians 4, 8. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.